Hello, welcome and thank you so much for tuning in to the League One Lowdown podcast. I am your host Alex Broom, with Matthias unavailable today, I've picked up the hosting duties and I'm joined with two guests. I've got um, Jason Trony. Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm alright mate, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm okay, thank you, good stuff. And I've got Jake Tong back, in, back becoming a bit more of a regular appearance on the podcast. How are you doing Jake? I'm good Broom, very excited for the game on Saturday but I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll move on to um, Wickham v Lincoln in a bit, but I just think it'd be a good idea to start off the podcast by speaking about the games we went to at the weekend. Joe, you went to um, Oxford's very entertaining 3-3 draw home to Coventry. How, how was it? Was it was it as um, open as the scoreline suggested? Well, yeah, it was quite quite the game. Um, if any neutrals were there, I'm sure they were in for a treat. I'm not sure my heart rate will agree with, with that, but you know, um, it was definitely entertaining. Um, obviously... The, the issue with Oxford is, you know, becoming apparent that the defence just is not good enough at the moment. Um, I think tactically we need to improve. We need to put a, a defensive midfielder, a holding midfielder in there just to shore things up a bit. But as we've seen, obviously, on Saturday, you know, we're, we're certainly looking a little bit better going forward than we were a few weeks ago. That was definitely an issue um, with the lack of cutting edge. Still think, you know, with Mackie up front, you're going to struggle for goals a bit. But I think with the chances we're creating, once Matt Taylor's back fit, which hopefully will only be a three or four weeks um I think we'll be firing in the goal so yeah I mean there's lots to be encouraged by but at the same time um you can't keep conceding three um at home I mean the last three games at home in league and cup we conceded nine goals which is just not good enough um you're not going to win many games playing like that so yeah I mean there's there's a few things to be encouraged by a few things definitely to work on um at the back but yeah definitely an entertaining game on Saturday so you've been um, quite vocal in the past about your feelings with Kyle Robertson's formation. Prefer, you, you prefer it if he played a 4-3-3 rather than a 4-2-3-1. What formation was it on Saturday? And do you think it was Robinson was getting the best out of his lineup with the formation he had? Well, it was 4-2-3-1 again. I can understand why we're playing it because obviously we've got, we've got Woodburn, um, who we've got on Liverpool, who's probably his best position probably is number 10. But I think, you know, we're trying to get the best from him, but... For me, in my opinion, to start off with anyway, um, we should be playing, I think Gorin is a tremendous um, defensive midfielder. I think in front of the back four, he can add a real shield in front of the back four. Uh, we've got Messinio who can play that role as well. I think if you start off like that, and then if you need a goal in the second half, say 65, 70 minutes on the clock, you can maybe switch it up to a 4 2 3 one It's only a fairly subtle change anyway. Um, but I, th- I do kind of think it makes all the difference. And the games we've played this season, we've played 4-3-3, I think we've looked more solid um, and we and we haven't actually I don't think um, looked any worse going forward you know without that number 10 in there I think it just allows the two central midfielders to be a little bit more advanced whether that be Brannigan and Henry or you know when Baptiste is um, back fully fit so that's where I would sort of look to go um, moving forward um, and yeah I mean I don't know whether that's you know to be fair it was just in individual errors on Saturday but I think as a as a whole um, that's just a general point. I think four three three is probably better for us than four two three one. But we'll see how we go on um, on next Saturday against Fleetwood. I think I would imagine we'd go to a four three three um, considerable away from home. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's definitely um, a positive sign that you're scoring three goals without Matt Taylor. I think a lot of people were expecting um, Oxford to struggle if Taylor if you didn't get a striker or Taylor's was unfit, like struggle for goals. But Scoring three without him is obviously a good sign. So, um, Jake, you were um, Lincoln versus Fleetwood. What was your assessment of that match? And was it um, was a two nil scoreline um, against quite an impressive side? Was, was it a fair reflection? Um, I think 
as Job was treated to a really fascinating game at the Kassam on the weekend, I think we were treated to a bit of a boring game, to be honest. Uh, obviously, there was a lot going into the game with Joey Barton and his antics uh, for Burnley in our FA Cup tie a couple of years ago at Turf Moor. Uh, a lot of supporters, a lot of people were focusing on Joey Barton, which, which instead of his players, his key players, I think that's sort of a tactic that they have where, they, where they, they're focusing on the manager and sort of letting the players do what they want. But, um, you know, at the end of the game, Barton came out and said, we taught Lincoln a real lesson uh, as to how League One, the top end of League One is going to be played this season. And if that is going to be side-to-side passing uh, without really damaging the goal, you know, I was quite disappointed completely. The recruitment was quite good in the summer, but they didn't really live up to it. Evans, Morris and Paddy Madden, you'd think are quite a good front three, but in the second half, all I can remember was they had one chance and Chad Evans completely bluffed his lines. But the first half, uh, all we had was two chances and Tyler Walker took them both um, excellently. But yeah, it was it was a good win and it's obviously lofted us into the automatic. So uh, yeah, quite happy with the performance, especially that first, as I say, that 90 second spell in the first half. I'm looking at the stats of the game now. It seems if Fleetwood had a lot of the ball with over 60% possession. Do you think it was just a case of them looking, them lacking like a cutting edge when it came into the attacking third? Or did Lincoln like were they good at holding them off and um, organised at the back? I think I think there was, there was an element of Fleetwood keeping the ball for for the, you know for the for that sake. But I think you have to give credit to the the Lincoln midfield and the and the back line because you know to as Danny Cowley said, we expended a lot of energy on um, on Wednesday night as a whole football club dealing with Everton and, and the side that they that they play. We had to play a certain way against Fleetwood to win. And that was always going to be to sit in and try and hit them on the counter, which we perfectly did. And, you know, Fleetwood, with the options that they've got, you'd expect them to be creating uh, plenty of opportunities. But I think credit to our defence. You know, I've been quite critical of, of one of the two of our defensive players, but they uh, they put in a really good display on Saturday. Yeah, it's definitely um, a good, a good um, win to take into the game at Wickham on Saturday. Um, speaking of Wickham, I was at our game away at AFC Wimbledon and it was definitely not a game to remember. It was one of, possibly one of the most boring games I've ever been to. There were a few clear-cut chances. Wickham probably did have the better ones when it came along. Nick Freeman in particular was looking quite lively, but it, it, was, just, it was just a game which it was just one to forget, really, as... Um, Wimbledon are uh, still waiting for their first win of the season, and they seemed like pretty cautious when they're on the ball. They were, they were just sort of not really taking many risks, and they it's sort of perhaps similar to um, Fleetwood. They're more of the ball, but they had less of the chances. So it, it was just um, a pretty dead game. And who impressed me for them? Luke O'Neill was quite good. Um, they're right back. I quite like doing his at Gillingham as well. He is a little bit of a threat. I was expecting more from Joe Pigger. Artery scored twice against us in this fixture last season, but he seemed pretty anonymous. I don't know what's going on with him. I know he's linked with a move to a championship club. I think Sheffield Wednesday it was. I don't know if his head's in the right place or what, especially with deadline day today, if he's going to get a move. I'm not sure about that. And, um, yeah, it's just a pretty, pretty dead game. But now we can forget about Wimbledon v Wickham and we can look to the future. One team which um, perhaps are going slightly under the radar in the minute in the league is Watchdale. They've only lost once so far and they had a very impressive result of the weekend. Um, they scored perhaps one of the team goals of the season so far and an absolutely lovely flowing move. And they beat Southend convincingly 3-0 away from home. 
Joe, what are your thoughts on what's done this season since um, Brian Barry Murphy's come in? I don't, I'm not sure what the form table is since his appointment, but they've got to be in the top half of it, surely. And he seemed to have um, revitalised um, the club. Yeah, I mean, after the first six games, they sit 10th in the league, which is a solid start. I think most Rochdale fans probably would have taken that um, as, a, as, as the start to the season. Um, they, they, you know, they, I think they've carried on the momentum from last season. Really, they ended last season really strongly under Brian Barry Murphy. There was uh, one point where they looked dead and buried in League One last season, but they managed to to get a great run of form together um, under the new manager, a young sort of protege manager in Brian Barry Murphy, and um, they sort of carried that forward through to this season. You know, no, they didn't make many sort of standout signings. I don't think Rochdale or ever the side really to splash the cash. I just think they they know the sort of player they're looking for, hard working and obviously good on the ball because. Um, that team goal on Saturday they scored as you know uh, if Man City is scoring that goal you know they're raving about it for 20 minutes on match of the day you know it was a, it was a quality goal a really good move and yeah I mean if they can continue to play football like that um, they'll certainly have a decent season I don't know whether they really have um, the depth of the squad to, to sort of run the course and, and, and be sort of top half challenges um, but definitely, if they can score goals like that on a regular basis, they'll be a they'll be a difficult team to play um, against for any side in this level. So um, I'm interested to see sort of where they go. And uh, you know, to be fair to Brian Barry Murphy, you know, he's obviously still in, in sort of the early days of his managerial career. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes as well. And um, it, it will also be interesting to see, you know, when they hit the inevitable um, sort of dip in form, um, how they bounce back from that as well. With obviously. Um, their manager being young and still quite inexperienced, but no, I mean that's that they've clearly um, they've clearly sort of uh, worked on that passing style of play through preseason. It's sort of working for them, and, and that was a great goal and a great result. Obviously at Southend on Saturday, we were, were really struggling, but you know you can only beat what's put in front of you, and um, it was a great three 0 win on Saturday for Rochdale. And uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see where they go from here. Jake, do you, that was their first victory since the opening day. Do you think? Um the fixture at Southend came at the right time for them. So if they didn't win that, you're thinking, well, it's quite a, quite a while without a win. But to win and so convincingly, how helpful will that be for the rest of their season, especially with the momentum swing? Uh, I think, you know, winning football games breeds confidence and that's at any level. But uh, obviously, they're, they're playing Southend and Southend are in a bit in really, you know, dire straits at the minute in terms of they're really unsure about. I think Sky Bet have stopped taking bets on uh, Kevin Bond to be sacked, which is sort of, Sort of says everything about Southend season within itself. You know, it looks like he might be on on the way on the way out. But you know, in terms of for Rochdale, you know, it's it's an, it's a good win, and they'll they'll be likely to get confidence from it. And you know, they they scoring goals like that, they could play against anybody in this level. So I uh, I'd be looking forward to to Saturday if I was a Rochdale fan. So we're sort of sticking with the Rochdale theme. Their former manager Keith Hill has just been appointed by. Bolton Wanderers after their takeover earlier in the week. I've always thought that Keith Hills um, is sort of a manager similar to John Coleman. Like he knows what he, he'd be able to get the best out of his players. Like motivation is never really a problem when you're under him. You know that you have to stay in line, and he's going to make his teams work hard. And is that the sort of manager which you think Joe Bolton need to have, especially um, with which is probably going to have a few signings coming in the door today? Do they need to buy straight in straight into Keith Hill's philosophies, or would it, would it be a case of him perhaps bending what he's done before, but managing a slightly different style? Um, well, I think for where Bolton are at the moment, I think they just need to 
I mean, they're, they're probably going to go down, aren't they? But, you know, just to get a few results. And obviously, if um, Bolton go down, um, Keith Hill has won promotion a couple of times from League Two before with Rochdale. But what I would say with Hill is he's never he's not actually been successful anywhere else but Rochdale. He's sort of one of those managers. You know, when you talk about comparison to Coleman, Coleman's not really pulled up any trees when he's gone elsewhere um, and uh, sort of, uh, other than Accrington. Yeah, he's not really... watched that himself, didn't he? And he did yeah. really well there. Yeah, he, exactly. And I'm, I'm sort of, you know, a bit apprehensive. I, I personally thought Kevin Kevin Nolan was a shoo-in, to be honest. I think it looked like on paper, sort of the obvious appointment. You know, obviously uh, a Bolton Wanderers legend as a player, um, uh, still, a, you know, a young up-and-coming coach. Obviously, he's done well in League Two in Notts County. He got him into the playoffs. Um, and I thought that was going to that would be a, a sort of an appointment to unite the club a little bit. But obviously Keith Hill, he knows how to grind out results at this sort of level in the lower leagues. Um, and yeah, I think his target sort of for the end of the season just just be sort of unite the club, um, get everybody sort of pulling in the right direction again, and um, and yeah, go be sort of build for next season. It's, it's sort of crazy that it's say six games into this season, but that's sort of got to be the target because they're so far behind. Might even get further points deductions. Um, so it's looking pretty bleak for this season, but I think if they can, if they can just sort of unite the club in in the stands and sort of get them on a bit of a, a bit more of an even footing, um, just off the pitch and on the pitch as well, sort of moving into next season, I think that'll be uh, what Keith Hill's looking for this season. But yeah, it's quite an interesting appointment, a bit surprising, but I guess it kind of makes sense um, considering sort of where Bolton are right now. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um, a solid long-term appointment. It's important for them not to. Just concentrate on this season. I think like Keith Hill obviously had quite a long, quite a long time at Watchdale when he was there, and like long term, I think it's um, so it'll be he'll be um good at Bolton. Jake, what do, what do you think of it? Do you think he's the right man for them? Um, well, I think obviously Bolton over the last couple of years, it's been really rocky, especially you know as a club uh, and their supporters. I think what Keith Hill will offer is a real you know, come in and he'll steady the ship. I think that's the sort of manager he is. You know, as you described him, similar to. To John Coleman, um, obviously the, the fact that they're able to bring in uh, unattached players is going to help. You know, they brought in um, was it Jack Hobbs uh, to play against Chillingham, uh, who obviously I know quite well being a Lincoln supporter. So uh, and he's a very good. I think he's still a good signing for this for this level. So you know you can see Bolton, you know, and Keith Hill attracting some sort of probably the best of the best three agents. You know, even in terms of where they are in the league. You know, Bolton for a club to play for you know in front of that fan base and that stadium it's quite you know it's quite big for the division so uh, I think you know I think it's a good appointment for Bolton it will steady the ship as I said and uh, I, you know I, I'm sort of becoming a bit more confident that they're going to see themselves out of out of trouble now under, uh, under Keith Hill Yeah um, as part of Bolton's um, one of Bolton's recent results was a 5-0 loss at home to Ipswich and Ipswich are a team who have recently been getting their form together, and now they currently sit top of the league. It seems like they're finally, well, I say finally, we're only about five games into the season, but they're getting, um, they're starting to make people sit up and take notice of them, despite Paul Lambert playing down their promotion hopes earlier on. How, um, how, how, well, how, how have they started so far? Is it, I know being top of the league, it's an easy to say, oh, it's a brilliant start, but the last three wins have been against Shrewsbury. Bolton and Wimbledon, three sides who, let's be honest, probably won't be knocking on the door of the promotion. Is it the fact they're just beating the usual position or are they actually being impressive themselves, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, I said a few weeks ago on the podcast, I think they need to start putting teams to the sword a little bit more and sort of dominating games. And I think, to be fair, they've, they've sort of done that with a, 
I mean, a convincing 3-0 win um, against Shrewsbury on Saturday, I think that's probably one of their most impressive results of the season because Shrewsbury are not a, a bad side. Um, they started relatively well themselves, I think. Um, dropped into mid-table a little bit after Saturday's uh, defeat, but they're a relatively decent team. And they um, obviously, you know, run the game. You know, obviously, sure, you've got a player sent off, but I think that's what you want to see from Ipswich. And now they sit top of the table. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit more confidence. Um, of course, they're going to be there to they're sort of there to be shot at now. They're one of the biggest clubs in the league anyway, coming down from the Championship. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be interesting. Again, we're six games in. It's still early to make sort of these predictions, but I think most people would have thought Ipswich would be up there anyway. And I think Norwood is now sort of scoring goals. I think he scored the last couple of games, which would be a big boost for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think performance-wise, that's definitely been improving in the last few weeks and their results have sort of shown that. Yeah, I was talking about um, James Norwood. He's currently the division's top scorer. Is it, people were questioning how quickly he would settle since his move from Tranmere. Jake, do you think um, he, he's a player who's likely to win the Golden Boot or score 20-plus goals, which um, I think most, most promoted teams need to have, like, a yeah. striker banging in the goals, don't they, really? Yeah, um you know, Norwood's not your conventional number nine. He's 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 a he's a big lad, but he likes to get in behind and stretch and stretch the game. Um, he he uh, he put us to the sword when we went up to Penton Park last year, and you know he's he's to be fair to him, I I didn't think he was gonna uh, to stay in League One. I expected him to fully expected him to go up into the Championship. He's that he's that sort of he's at that sort of level, but um, you know he's he's certainly started the season well. I mean. You know, his, I think his goal on um, on Saturday was well taken, and he scored. He, you know, he's, 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 the thing with Norwood is he's playing a team that make that are creating a lot of opportunities. You know, they've got a lot of good creative players like Guion Edwards, Danny Rowe. They've got Caden Jackson up there. You know, they've got a lot of players that are going to put the ball on the plate for him. And if he's putting the ball on the net, fair enough. You know, and he could win the Golden Boot, but you know, I'm I'm sure I'll talk about one later that could also win the Golden Boot. So, <laughs> but you know, he's 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 a good signing. He's I could definitely see him finishing as their top goal scorer, absolutely. Whether he's the top scorer in the league, you know, he's got a little bit more to prove, in my opinion. The thing is, I think with Norwood, he's not just the goal scorer. There's a more, so much more to his game than that. He's an absolute workhorse of a striker. He'll never stop running. He'll chase down all the balls and, he's a, and he can finish and um, poach goals as well. So I think he's um, absolutely key that Ipswich keep him fit. I think if he gets injured, I think that's a massive, massive dent to them. But as as you were just saying, Jake, I think I know who you're suggesting another striker who can win the Golden Boot. It's um, the end of the month, so we're going to talk about players we think could win the Player of the Month or um, Managers and Manager of the Month. And currently, the second top scorer in the league is Tyler Walker of Lincoln City. Jake, I assume that's who you were uh, looking at just then. Do absolutely. you think he's um well four goals and assist in his um first month of League One football? Very impressive. Do you think he could um get, win the Player of the Month from Friday morning? I think you also have to bear in mind that Tyler Walker's not completed uh, a 90-minute match for Lincoln. He, he, he gets substituted after 65 minutes. So to to have four goals and, and an assist, you know, in, in four in five games, six games, whatever it is, and only playing two thirds of the game is quite impressive, you know. And um, it's just it, you know he showed it at Mansfield last year. He can, he's he's such a deadly finisher and. He, get, he likes getting behind, but Danny's asking him to play a bit more of a different a different role. You know, he's he's getting up, he's winning his headers. He, you know, Harry Souter, I don't know how tall he is, but but Walker was up, was out leaping him and beating him to a load of headers. And 
you know, I think he's had a really good, really good start to the season. I really hope he can continue because if we're going to be looking to finish in a playoff spot, which at the minute you you'd sort of back us for, we're going to need him to keep to keep fit and firing. Joe, who do you who would you put forward a suggestion to win the League One Player of the Month? There's quite a few players on four goals, or do you think it would be Norwood on the five, or maybe even a defender? Um, yeah, I mean, there's the, Norwood's obviously in, uh, the obvious one. I think he, uh, to be honest, I think he probably will get it. To, to be fair, him or Walker, I think are the two sort of front runners at the moment. I think Chris McGuire's made a big difference for Sunderland, for Sunderland sorry, since coming back into the team. Um, I think he'll be in with a shout. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I don't know, sort of. You know, Caden Jackson maybe scored a few goals for Ipswich. Someone like that. I mean, it'd probably be a forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, you're looking at Norwood and Walker, the sort of difference they've made um, for their respective clubs um, at the top of the table. I think they'll probably be the two front runners. Uh, I don't know what you think about that. Well, I, I've always said that I think Marcus Madison is one of the best players in the league and he's got the most goal contributions in the minute. And he didn't even start Peterborough's opening couple of games, which I think mm. is absolutely crazy. I think he's got three goals and five assists so far. So, I mean, he probably won't win it due to the fact he didn't start um, the opening mm. couple of games, but I just think it's bonkers from Darren Ferguson. We said before that he could be what's holding this incredibly talented group of players at Peter back. And I, I don't really know what his tactics are, but if you're not playing your best players like Madison, who I don't believe is injured either. Like, it's just like, you've got players like um, Ivan Tony and Moisa, they're going to stick the chances away when they come to them. You think Norwood's one, or not Norwood, sorry, Madison's one of the best um playmakers in the league so I just think it's crazy that he wasn't started and now he has come back into the team eight goal contributions that is absolutely ridiculous in one month so perhaps um, if you're going by stats he's had the most involvement in goals it could be him but I do fully expect it to be Norwood it's just easy to give it to the top scorer of the month isn't it and he is with five goals scored the most in the month of August however for manager of the month I think we could be um, looking elsewhere than Paul Amber and I think we've got a strong case for Gareth Ainsworth to get it Last season, Wickham ended the um, campaign in absolutely abysmal form, only winning three times since February. And it's you're thinking, well, sometimes momentum plays a part and, you, and it will um, continue and go in the same way. But it's been anything but an unbeaten start, three wins, three draws. Wickham seem to be um, score, sc- scoring, creating chances like um, they usually do with um, the attacking players they possess. Um, Fred on your dimmer coming back was was huge for us. And now he's been injured. He got injured against Southend when we were, um, I think it was at 2-1 or 3-1 down. And we still managed to score three goals um, and come back from 3-1 down to beat them, which is full credit to Ainsworth and his tactics. He um, bringing off um, Matt Bloomfield for Nick Freeman. No, sorry, for Patterson for Freeman. Allowed us to go a bit more attacking into a 4-2-3-1 and dominate the ball against Southend. And I think they're the sort of managerial... Um, change a managerial tactics you look at when you're um, being manager of the month. How can how can you change a game? How do you line your teams up? And I think that's the sort of thing which puts Ainsworth as a good shout for this month. What do you two think? Are you looking at number Cowley? Well, Jake, you can talk about Cowley, can't you? He's, he's, had, a great, um, he's had a great month. Well, yeah, obviously, as you know, I spent three years at university with Broom, and I'm sure he'll be the first one to tell you that I have not shut up about Danny Cowley whatsoever. Um, you know, he's is evolving as a manager and it's it's really good to see. I think Saturday was his uh, 100th game as an EFL manager and he's won 46 and only lost 21 of those, I think. So 
you know, we've made a really good start to the season. You know, he's he's playing a really good, attractive brand of football. Um, we're creating a lot of chances. A lot we've had quite, you know, we've had the two games that we've lost against MK and Doncaster. We were, I would say this, but we were really unfortunate to lose. But I definitely think Danny's got a case. You know, newly promoted and sitting second in in, a, in the table. I think that for any promoted club to be up there already is, you know, a credit to themselves and their manager. I think you said it yourself, you have lost two games, so perhaps that might be, you might give it to one of the unbeaten managers. There are five teams unbeaten in the league, Joe. Ipswich, Blackpool, Coventry, Wickham and Doncaster. Okay, it probably, probably won't be Doncaster, they've only played um, four games, but out of the other four, do you think any of their managers have got a good chance of winning it? I think Simon Grayson, you know, Blackpool have made a, a strong start to the season, haven't they? 12 points for the first six games. I'm not sure many people were sort of anticipating that, uh, considering there was a lot of change. Uh, There's a, you know, sort of a late, um, fairly latish appointment of Grayson uh, replacing McPhillips um, in pre-season. That can always be a little bit disruptive. Um, but no, they made a strong start. Um, they've ground out a few results. And yeah, I mean, they're up third in the league after the first six games. Again, still early doors, but I think for the first month of the season... Um, Simon Grayson certainly makes himself a case. I, I would suspect he'd be a, um, somebody who will be in the running. Um, but to be fair, I think it's probably likely to be either Paul Lambert or Danny Cowley, just based on the fact they're the top two. And um, considering that Lincoln um, are sort of coming up into this division, newly promoted, I would suspect they might give it to Cowley. Um, just obviously Ipswich may be um, a little bit more expected to be up there coming down from the championship, whereas um, Lincoln have certainly been the dark horses of the first month of the League One season. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure they'll give it to... I think they'll give it to one of the unbeaten teams myself, but we'll have to wait and see what happens on Friday. I mean, there's definitely five or six managers who you wouldn't argue if it's given to one of those. So it's gonna, it's just going to be whoever makes the decision's probably got a bit of a tough one on their hands for this. But moving on to this weekend's games, there's um a little bit of a... Um, oh, what's the word? Um, cut, uh, cut fixture list this week because of um international call-ups. Portsmouth versus Southend, Shrewsbury versus Peterborough, Sunderland versus Burton, all postponed. Perhaps it gives Southend a bit more time for their board to make a decision on Kevin Bond, and they haven't got a game this weekend. So maybe he would have been sacked already by now if um, they did have a game to prepare for, but they've got a bit a bit, a bit more time to think about the decision and that. But we'll get going with our predictions. The first game which we can look at really has to be um, Milton Keynes-Dons versus Wimbledon, obviously a massive hatred and rivalry there and rightfully so between the two sides Jake which way do you think this one's going to go um, you know, having, having um, seen MK at home they're really strong they're um, you know they're, they like to get on the front foot they get it wide they're constantly constantly put on the pressure and you know Wimbledon they're one of the, the minnows of the division I could I can only see an MK win really it's just a matter of how many goals they'll be looking to, to you know to rectify their last home game against Peterborough, so I'm probably going to stick with a, uh, a 2 0 win to MK. Joe, do you agree with that? Uh, I'll be going with MK as well, to be fair. I think Wimbledon have made a fairly poor start to the season. Uh, they sit obviously in the relegation zone, uh, two points in the first six games. I, I always felt that, you know, it, they had the sort of honeymoon period of Wally Downs, but longer term, I always felt they might struggle and um, my sort of. Um, uh, pessimism is sort of um, coming true really regarding Wimbledon um, and Wally Downs because I think they've really struggled at the start of the season they've thrown away a lot of leads they've already played MK Dons this season 
um, in cup competition and they lost on penalties. They were winning in the last minute, um, threw it away and then lost on penalties. I think that's been a theme of their season, really. They've they've lost um, a few points from winning positions and strong positions. So, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think um, MK Dons to be uh, at home, I suspect they'll be... Um, I suspect they'll be winning um, the game. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win to MK Dons on Saturday. Yeah, it's a hat-trick of um, MK wins, I think, 3-1 to Milton Keynes. They, um, you, I think Wimbledon, just after seeing them on Saturday, I, I just think they lack a little bit of quality, and especially going forward. So I'm, and I think MK are quite a good attack inside when they want it. So I, I think, yeah, 3-1 MK. And there's another early kickoff is Doncaster Rovers against Fordham United, a South Yorkshire derby. Jake, Lincoln have played both these teams so far this season. What, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I think Rotherham were going to go there and absolutely dominate possession and the way, you know, the Doncaster, it would suit Doncaster because they like springing on the counter-attack. Um, but, you know, Rotherham haven't exactly set the world on fire since they've been relegated and, and Doncaster, obviously, you know, they're not a bad side. So, I'm going to be, it's going to, I think it's going to go similar to, to the game that we had against them, but I don't think Doncaster is going to win, so I think it's going to be one all. Joe, do you, do you think it's going to be another draw as well? Uh, I don't know, I fancy Rotherham to win the game actually, to be fair. I think they made a strong start of the season, just like their 13th, but they've only played four games, which is worth sort of taking into account that a couple of games postponed, which has obviously set them back a little bit in there. Uh, and I think, to be fair, I think they probably would have won um, probably a couple of those games and, and sort of been higher up in the league. Um, Doncaster are a decent side. They, they themselves actually only played four games, but they've picked up one more point than uh, than Rotherham. Uh, but I don't know. I just think on paper, Rotherham's squad is very strong. They've managed to recruit a winger in the last week, which they've been sort of searching for for most of uh, the transfer window. They managed to finally get somebody in from Brentford. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but uh, they've got they've got they've got that sort of final piece of the jigsaw in, and I think that'll be a big boost for them. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Rotherham win. I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a draw here. I think um, I said in the start of the season, I think both these teams are going to be fairly evenly matched um, going forward. I think Darren Moore is a great appointment for Doncaster. And albeit they've only played four games, they are unbeaten. And I think at this, at this level, he's, he's getting West Brom in the playoffs and the, the league above last year. And, and his West Brom side was scoring so freely. I think they were... They might have been top scorers at the time of the second in the championship or something like that. So he's um, a very good attacking manager to have. And it's always going to be difficult for them to replace Marquis, their best player, who left along with Kane and Wilkes, who also um, didn't stay after their loans in the summer. But I think the fact they've got an unbeaten start, it shows that um, sort of um, talent and levels, which their squad is still capable of. And although Rotherham have started a little bit slower than I think many people are expecting, I still think they're, they're a quality side. And I think Paul Warren's a very underrated manager for this level as well. So I think both teams are very evenly matched. I can see there being a couple of goals. I'm going to go 2-2 for this one. Our next fixture to call is Coventry City versus Blackpool. Again, I think two teams which could be quite evenly matched um, this season have might finished in sort of similar league positions. Joe, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is probably one of the you know most interesting games um, of the weekend, considering they're both sort of um, it's the best third versus fourth, isn't it? Coventry, uh, uh, Blackpool, sorry, in third, and Coventry in fourth. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. To be fair, um, Oxford have played both these sides, and we should have won both games. To be fair, um, we had a lot of chances, a lot of possession. Wasn't massively impressed with either side. Um, I think, but I do think with Coventry having the home advantage, they might just have the edge in this game. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think Godden is a, is, a, is a strong finisher. Um, I think he'll score a lot of goals. He looked quite lively against us on Saturday. Um, so yeah, I do believe that with the home edge, they've got that goal scorer. They've made a strong start. Obviously, they, on Saturday they sort of threw away uh, a couple of leads. They were two 0 up um, at one point and three two in the 94th minute. That we disappointed, despite the fact we had a lot of possession, not to come away with three points. But they have made a strong start. That, that I don't think that will discourage them. That you know they picked up 12 points in the first six games. That's a good good opening month for for Mark Robinson, Coventry City. And I, th- I do believe they'll continue that um, at the weekend and pick up three points against Blackpool. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. I completely agree with everything you said and I'm not going to comment on this because you just said it all for me. I'm also going 2-1. Jake, yours? Um, I think Blackpool, you know, they'll be looking to respond. You know, they obviously they got a draw against Ports for the first time out, which is quite a good point. But Coventry, is, I think as Joe's really said it all, really strong at home. You know, although they're not technically at home I can I can only see Coventry winning but I'm going to go with a uh, 1-0 and our final game is a bit um, more interesting well for Jake and I anyway um, Wickham versus Lincoln I'll let you kick this off Jake what, what are you thinking here um, I think as long as, as Wickham don't bully us out of the game I think we'll get something from it um, the, you know there's quite a perception of especially Gareth Ainsworth teams of being very physical and very dominant in the air and you know, the game, I think it was at Central Bank that we went to watch Broome and, and they were very physical and they didn't. it didn't really seem like a football match. But I think, you know, we've, recruit, we've, we've played a different style of football. I think we'll be able to keep it away from you on the floor. We'll, um, you know, we've got a striker in, in, in red hot form that sort of helps. And, you know, we've kept four clean sheets out of six league games. So I'm sort of expecting us to go there and, and win, to be honest. I think we're going to go and win uh, 2-0. Yeah, I think you're um, quite right with some of the stuff you said there. I think both of these teams perhaps have been renowned for being quite direct and um, uh, a bit route one in the in the past, especially with Lincoln having Matt Reid and Akinde and Wickham, Vak and Fenwa. But both, especially this season, both sides just sort of um, started playing football a bit more. I think um, Nick Freeman for Wickham has been a key to that, similarly to how Jack Payne has for Lincoln. Two very talented attacking midfielders going forward can can dribble past players, very creative, gets, gets the ball down. Freeman was key in Wickham's comeback against Southend, come off the bench to get two assists. He's an absolute magician with the ball at his feet. And, yeah, I'm actually siding with a with Lincoln win here. I mean, I'm, I'm usually um, fairly confident with Wickham, but I think Lincoln are a very, a very um, impressive side and they're, t- they're tough to beat. And I, I, there's a reason why there's, um, they haven't drawn a game yet this, so far this season. Like they, they go, They're going for wins. They want to win every game. And, and I, th- I think... I'm not, I don't know, I've just got a feeling Lincoln are going to win. I'm going to say um, 2-1 to Lincoln. Joe? Yeah. Or well, Jake? Jake so, yeah, I was going to say, coupled with with, um, with Wickham conceding quite quite freely at home to South End, I sort of, I would at least expect us to go there and score. I'd be disappointed if we didn't. Yeah, I agree. I think you're definitely going to score. I think against South, well, to be fair, that against South End, like, two of their goals were just like, brilliant long shots from outside the box. You can't really do much about those. Like They weren't like they carved apart or anything. And the other one, um, we made a tackle in the box and it just fell straight to one of their players. So you, you, they didn't really carve us apart as such. And it was just all three goals were fairly lucky and just came at the wrong time. But anyway, Joe, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite an interesting matchup with obviously, as you as you mentioned there rightly, um, it's two maybe traditional long ball sides trying to adapt their style of play and actually doing well, um, trying to do it as well because um, both sitting there high up in the division 
uh, after six games uh, on the same number of points. So it will be very interesting. But again, I, I, I think Lincoln, uh, we've got, just got a bit too much firepower. Um, I'm not sure on Wickham's defence. It, it, you know, I've always thought maybe um, they could have done maybe with, uh, in the summer be another centre-back addition possibly um, to add to what they've got. And I do believe Lincoln are just scoring goals for fun at the moment. And, you know, you rightly mentioned, you know, um, Wickham have conceded goals, obviously, to South End. That's not that's not great. Cause seeing the South but the moment like the it, goals conceded, it's not like we're getting cut. We weren't getting carved apart. It's just three fairly lucky goals. Yeah, but it's South End, Brim. Come on, man. Yeah, we're, 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 we but, but I do I do think on Saturday Wickham will defensively perhaps be a bit, a bit exposed. I'm going to go for a five-one Lincoln win. Oh, shut up, Jack. <laughs> 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 I can't help myself and fight even though I'm kidding. I'll go for three-one. So um, we mentioned you mentioned that um, Wickham could perhaps do with another centre-back addition. I'm not too sure about that, but I think we might be making a couple of signings today on deadline day. I just. Just to, before we wrap up, have you got any of you do are you predicting business being done at your clubs today? Probably not. We signed one random under twenty three player. Yeah, I was going to say um, you've just signed. Uh, is it Usman Zamori? Yeah, I mean, I, we we've made signings like this before, like T Sun who just go into the under twenty threes and you just never see them. Um, I'm not sure whether he'll be. I mean, he's actually you look at his record. He scored. I think he played thirty games last season in the Dutch second league and scored nine goals. And I have no idea comparatively how good the Dutch second division is to League One, but apparently he's pressed on trial, so we'll see how he goes, but he's not somebody who's going to go straight into the first team, um, and obviously it's a short-term deal till January, so it's fairly low risk. Um, yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting, but I don't think we'll... I'd be surprised if we add to the squad any more than that, but um, I think we may see one or two depart in um, Mark Sykes and Tony McMahon. Sykes probably out on loan, um, short-term loan to League Two, and hopefully we can get McMahon off the books because he's really not that interested in playing for Oxy United and he wants to move back north, so hopefully we can just get him off the books. But yeah, I mean, apart from that, I don't think there'll be many more, much more action at Oxford today. I've just seen um, a rumour pop up. Apparently, Scott Sinclair's being linked to Sunderland. That'd be... Yeah, we, we, we've been <laughs> saying um, all transfer window that Sunderland are they haven't really made a massive headline signing. Well, if they wait until deadline day and getting Scott Sinclair, that could be, well, that's just something that makes you really sit up and notice how much bigger yeah. they are than every other club in the league, it's, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, with McGeady, Maguire, Grigg, Sinclair, um, how many interesting new ways they can find to draw 1-1. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> Well, I think I think having some Sinclair and McGeady, and that must be the best set of wingers that League One's ever seen. Like both of them have played That's in ridiculous, Champions League, and it's, it's and then now coming down to go away to teams like Accrington and Fleetwood and that in League One. Like mm-hmm. it's it's quite ridiculous how um big Sunderland are compared to pretty much every other club in this league when they're they're the sort of names they're being linked with. But mm-hmm. anyway, it remains to be seen that's still going to be happen. Perhaps we made a little bit of a mistake recording this podcast before the transfer window slammed shut, but. That's a chance we're going to have to take. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I, I, I think it's um, been a very um, informative half hour, whatever it was, with um, Jake and Joe. So thank you for coming on, boys. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much, Um You can find us on Twitter at L1Lowdown or on our slightly less active Facebook and Instagram pages too. So thank you for coming on and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.